You are listening to the Boker Broadcast, a War Machine and Hordes podcast centered on the NJSOB meta. Sit back and take a listen as we discuss fluff, the rules, or anything else that catches our attention. Special thanks to the More Than Dice Podcast Network for hosting the podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Poker Broadcast. This is episode 16. I am Seth Cohen, and with me this week is Steve King and Dave Portal and yeah, we changed it up a little bit this week because Steve Rabideau is traveling the world. He's in Portugal, I think, this week. Uh, maybe today. Actually, this could be his first tomorrow. What, what's the special occasion? This might be the first time he has four people. It's true. It's it's a four person. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be just no holds barred. All of us shouting at each other. I can't wait. And we're broadcasting from an even more special place. That's right. Where are we broadcasting from today, Dave? The portal. The portal. We I had thought a... this was the fucking well from Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> it's Portal Comics and Gaming in Bethlehem, PA. Uh, a fantastic store, a fantastic space. Dave runs all the events here. He makes amazing events, and people travel from all around to get here. Thank you for giving us a space to podcast today, sir. No problem. Now, we're, we're in one of their private Dungeons & Dragons type of places. That's right. Hopefully no one shows up in the next hour to play Dungeons & Dragons. Wait, we didn't lock the door? Uh, I don't think and it they locks. Have, they have four. They do. Yeah. They're, not, they're not going to be able to figure out how to do that. They're just, you sit out there rolling dice, staring out the door. <laughs> I failed my check. Tickle the handle again. I can say the room is mine until I leave. Fair enough. All right. So we got a couple things on the agenda today. First, I want to say that, and people have heard me say this before, if you are considering going to Nova, you need to buy those tickets early because they will look in June at the numbers and allocate space accordingly. And the tried and true gang are just doing some amazing stuff this year for Nova. And we should know because they're right outside the door. Well, that's right. They're we playing let them in. <laughs> hey, have they let us into their podcast? You know what? Somehow. That's right. So they can sit out there while and we record. And, yeah. I mean, I think they totally let you in. You have to go down to Delaware to do it. <laughs> that's where you draw the line. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like only an hour to get you know, to the border, and then it's like another two hours to get inside. We should have them come here, and then this is a good middle ground. I mean, 50 right? feet. Like, wait, we're an hour and a half north, we're an hour and a half south. Yeah, it works and out. we'll just throw our money out. Yes, look for that in the near future, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Uh, but seriously, if you're going to Nova, they, they are doing the – Posted on the, not posted, they talked on their podcast that they're going to invite metas to come with custom tables that reflects their meta, which I thought was an amazingly great idea. And I'm sorry that I didn't think of it. And they so we should bring first. a table for Maple Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we'll, we'll just put like debris all over it. <laughs> some lacquers, some jerseys, some paint pots, maybe. Cigarette butts and empty syringes. That's an obstruction. <laughs> Ouch! Don't touch the obstruction. Right? Paint pots, some dried brushes, 87 crazy glues all over the place, and a pair of suspenders. Uh, models from 1972 still in blister. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, we love Maplewood where the NJ, NJSOBs play every Sunday, uh, but they do have a lot of old stock in the store, uh, which is just something to see all on its own. Makes it worth the trip. It's like music. All right, so the first thing, <laughs> that's right. The first no one wants to The first thing I want to do is, of course, recap the brawl. Uh, you know, we had to wait a couple weeks, honestly, 
I don't know what I was thinking. It's all Seth's fault. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking that I thought I could just put on two brawls in less than a 12-month period. But um, it was it was tough. And I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't thinking. I wasn't looking ahead. But the week of – so the brawl, you know, we set up on a Thursday night, right? That Monday, I had a 20-page research paper due because I'm stupid and working on my doctorate. I thought that would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It was done when you saw doctorate. Yes. Yeah, that's where I'm going with that. And then Tuesday, I had another research paper due. And then um, I had to, we had to present the budget to the community for the school, which is a very, very big deal, right, because that budget doesn't pass. So the point is, my mind was not was not on brawl. My mind was on, you know, doing all the other stuff I had to do for life, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So uh, – when we get to, when we get to the hall to set up Thursday, you know we're starting to set up, and then uh, we actually had a lot of help, right? We had uh, uh, Joe George; he showed up as well as Pat. Uh, what's Pat's last name? I'm forgetting his last name. McAleer, or something. McAleer, Pat McAleer. He showed up to help, and then like the first car down from uh, from Buffalo. Uh, so that was that was Adam, Rick, uh, Mike, <laughs> and um, uh, Ryan Schmidt. Yep. Right. They, they, and I was like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to be done in an hour. We're going to be, we're going to be sitting around drinking beer. Well, we were sitting around drinking beer, but that was because the, the Boy Scouts showed up and they were like, oh, we have the hall on Thursday nights. No, uh, we, we have the hall on Thursday nights. And, uh, the long story short was, you know, we said, no, you need to get out. And then they were all kind of milling out front of the hall, like kicking rocks and hooking all sad. Pat, Pat McAleer is an Eagle Scout. I'm a scout. My kids were scouts. So I'm like, oh, how much room do you need? And the woman's like, we need half that all. And I'm like, try again. <laughs> it's like, we could take this corner. And uh, so that, 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 that made setup really, really difficult. Uh, but it got done, right? It all got done. And the brawl was an amazing experience. But amazing for me and amazing for, you know, everybody, everybody else. There are different experiences. So... Let's take a minute and talk about what our experiences were individually as players at the brawl, and then I'll wrap up some stuff from my point of view, and then we'll keep moving. So uh, who wants to start? Who's got an amazing experience with the brawl that they want to share? Nobody shout out at once. Is it games yet or just overall? Overall games, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I was I was excited to do another brawl in a six month period. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, it's like, it always a good time. The venues feel pretty close to me. Yeah, uh, we had uh, what well, I think the newest feature this year was the uh, bizarre, bizarre kind of yeah, table, yeah. Uh, where the Boker Bazaar. Boker Bazaar, yes, thank you very much. Named yeah. by Arthur. Correct. Yes. Uh, so the Boker Bazaar oh, was really when bizarre. everybody brought uh, all their old stuff that they weren't using. And put it all out tables and swapped with people who needed maybe that extra model from a unit that it's a complete yeah. a second unit or just trying to dump stuff. Um, and yeah, exactly. It was it was a good time. Uh, I enjoy like looking through it. It was kind of a flea market kind of feel to it. Yeah, and it definitely did. Yeah. My big fear was that like everyone was gonna show up, put stuff on tables, and everyone was gonna stare at each other. <laughs> no one was gonna take anything from anyone else. I don't want that. I don't want that. Like but but there was a ton of horse trading going on. Yeah, I think people were trading stuff back and forth. Dave, do you uh, how'd you do with the bazaar? I sold a entire Crucible Guard Army for forty bucks. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I think I acquired maybe one or two models to paint. I really didn't want to take anything home. Yeah, you were looking to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. I think I took more stuff home than I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got rid of the the. I had a giant Signar army uh, that a, a another player who was like like he was like Seth. I just need to make room in the basement. Give me a hundred bucks. 
take the whole army. There's two of everything. I'm like, fine. So I sold off a vast majority of it. Um, and then I did something I have never done before. I threw models away. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, but you know, I'm looking at these models. I'm thinking they're never coming back into the new edition. Even if they do, they're not models I ever like to play. Oh, so I'm not saying gun mages. Convert over the next No, no. Go, gun mages I kept. Actually, gun, 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 gun mages I sold. What if the sword knights go with the gun mages? But I guess that's the point, right? Like I needed to clear space too. Yeah. At some point, it's I mean, and some of these models were were clearly from the first edition of castings. You know, these models are so old. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, funky guns. Yeah, just get rid of it. And uh, I picked up a a, a couple of uh, uh, pigs that I needed, like a pig, couple of pig beasts I was short on that you can't get anymore, and. Um, yeah, I, I was really happy with the way that rolled out. Yeah. yeah. How hard is it to get those things now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Direct only, basically. Arthur, you put a whole bunch of stuff on the table and wrote free. Did it go? Did. No, you did. What did I put on the table and write free? You put a you put a whole bunch of models out, and there was a a, a sign that said free on there. That no, wasn't you. No, no, that was they what? set they set up a free table at the end of it. For people who are just like, I'm not going home with this. Oh, and okay. I'm just something it for the weekend, and everybody can just kind of go over there and pick if yeah. there's anything they were interested in. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I, I didn't do that. Oh, I okay. lost, like Scott Stark Baby was running around. He had a whole bunch of extra models, old models, whatever, doubles, triples, because, you know, it's Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he was going around when no one was looking. He'd go to your tray and put a model on your tray. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm walking back, and he goes, oh, that, that arm is yours? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh. You probably don't want my Connie B. I'm like, uh, actually, no, I could use it. I'll keep the Connie B. Goes, okay. And he put it back on. He goes, I snuck that on there, but he was doing that all over the place. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that That's great. People help an extra camera. Yeah. yeah, that was a new thing. That I think we'll try to do the bazaar every year for as long as it works, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, give it at least a little more shot. We'll see if uh, now once more people stop whether. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll see if people good. saw it happen successfully. I think maybe they'll give it a, a yeah, try this year. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think that'd be pretty great. But let's talk about some games. How about some games that you play? Yeah, my opinion is okay. Uh, <laughs> so, nope. uh, you ask everybody else about the experience, but no one thing. WTF. You know, this is like when I say he's like the worst ex-girlfriend that you ever had, right? Gets mad at you for things that you think you said. Right? No, you, but you did. You started off with Steve. Arthur, what would you like to share no, about together. the problem? Okay. I'll, I'll wait. All right. I'll, I'll right. continue. And I'll wait until be your ready to speak, no matter who else is talking. Yeah, that's, that's right. accurate. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk go games since we're on me. I'll just keep going. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to talk about, I guess, probably the first game I had that weekend during the singles event mm -hmm. uh, during the Boker Bounty Well, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite events every year. Thank you. Um, so I, I love the the bounty system, and yeah, because you know, even if you lose a game, you know sometimes you just like turn the card over. I did roll triple ones three times. I, just, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will walk away with some swag yeah. for, for my troubles. Yeah. Uh, so I played against uh, Ryan Schmidt the first mm -hmm. time. Uh, he played playing his Legion, and he played a Veil One. And okay. So I, I was playing uh, First Army Signar. Okay. I decided to drop Siege Two into it. Seems like a solid drop. Uh, yeah, I didn't like Cray's Odds of Living. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Against Legion. Uh, so yeah, it seemed like it was kind of my only choice at that point. Right. Uh, you know, Vale is pretty tricky. Um, take care of. He was very aggressive right off the bat. Mm -hmm. uh, he ran forward very aggressively, camping for stealth in a rubble. Oh, sorry, yeah, a crater. A crater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with uh, two shield guards, I believe, two beasts with the three of her. Um, 
And of course, he has that dark sentinel move. So if you yeah. walk a guy within five, he's a dirty cheater. Well, yeah. that sounds valid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I decide it's a pretty good time to go for it, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, it sounds like everything's great in there. Yeah. So yeah, I had, I had first turn, I'd moved up, and you know, he postured very aggressively uh, to basically say, "Hey, if you stay in the kill box, I'm going to put a heavy, probably an angel in siege, right, next turn and right. kill you." So I go, "All right, well, I guess we're doing that." <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I start with the the cannon. Yeah, I, I very aggressively uh, use the the Carly with the cannon. Mm -hmm. uh, so just a quick recap: that's uh, she. You move off her with the feet. She'll walk, you know, an extra three inches. Mm -hmm. if you if you need to desperate face her. Mm -hmm. You place the cannon. You have siege. Put a hill up so it it has arcing fire. Right. You throw her in a She grants hunter to the unit. There's very little that stops it from shooting. And I had the card for uh, ignoring stealth. The, you know, oh, the, okay, yeah, so yeah. I'll take, uh, the, that's card for that. yeah. So then I can, with the Master Gunner, mm -hmm. take three shots with it, rolling three dice to hit mm -hmm. with brutal damage. <laughs> and if I'm within five of the Master Gunner, yeah. uh, then it is uh, rat six goes to eight, and then Finn makes it nine. So most wow. casters are in deep doo-doo yeah. um, if they're not camping a lot. Now, she has camped four. She had four and two so shield guards, but this was just trying to burn the shield guards. And, right. I, and I did burn some shield guards nice. <laughs> uh, with that. Uh, but I, I came in there, I was charging with trenchers, and it was just a big mess at the end. I, I think she was completely surrounded by trencher commandos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have dual attack base. Oh. So with that and their mission objective, uh, so they get plus two to hit plus two damage on their target, mm -hmm. uh, they were, and Finn, of course, being one of the yeah. is for veteran leader, uh, I had a lot of high uh, accuracy attacks. Mm -hmm. And eventually I was just able to chip damage her to death. Gotcha. All right. Well, it sounds like a fun game. Yeah, it came down to yeah, the very yeah. end of it, and we did roll it out just for fun to see if he had lived through that last uh, commando. Yeah. Whether uh, he could have gotten an angel on me, and he did, and he killed me. So ah. yeah, it was it was, <laughs> it was it was totally worth having God indicated. For yes. Right. All the decisions were right ones when that happens. Right. But regardless, it was a fantastic. Game. All right. Cool. Yeah. The the bounty system continues to be popular. Uh, you know, I don't want to. Uh, break my arm patting myself on the back. Privateer Press was very generous to us this year. They let us buy a ton of prize support at a huge discount. Mm -hmm. um, and defenses. And defend. The, yeah, we bought we bought defenses. We bought army boxes. We bought uh, uh, towers. We bought uh, solos. We bought alternate sculpts. Right, whatever we could. I we wanted the 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 bounty the big bounty brawl, formerly the big base brawl, the big bounty brawl, to be all Mark Four swag. Right, and, and and we were successful, so I was really happy about that. Arthur, yeah, would you like to share some brawl experience? Toyota has developed a new hydrogen-powered engine. Really, which is very interesting. It is very interesting. I've been wondering because why they don't have one. If we could get away from EVs mm -hmm. and go with more hydrogen power. Oh, I agree. The real question is, you know, how much energy is really required to separate a hydrogen molecule from the uh, water molecule gel? Sure. Sure. Bond. And usually, yep. historically in the past, it always took more energy to actually separate the water than it did to get the energy out of it. But the energy you got wasn't as much as you expected. So that's very interesting. Never mind that. Put that aside for a minute. Let's Please. talk about the Poker Ball. Yeah. Well, what's his name from Ohio? Jerome. Yeah, Jerome. Came I have to call yeah. Jerome because I'm allowed to discuss it in detail. Okay. It's good being back in my office. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Poker Ball. Round one. Can't remember the guy's name because I'm really bad at that. I know he's from South Jersey. He was so enthusiastic, it was actually contagious. 
Like, I love people like that. I really love playing those folks. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. Uh, all my games were pretty much a grind, no matter how they turned out. Yeah, I was noticing that. A lot of, a lot of you know, just back and forth slug match is the right word, not grind. Grind sounds like a negative, uh, negative connotation to it. It was just a slug match. I gotta be honest, there were a couple of games that I watched you play where I was thinking, oh, Arthur's just gonna be dead this turn. And Arthur was not dead this turn. And he <laughs> kept like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, but it was more than that. Like like he he had moves and plays that I wasn't anticipating him to make with the dwarf list. And I come back and I'd see like, oh yeah, well I just blew that up. Or I just moved these guys over here or yeah, yeah, they just match especially. Yeah, and yeah. and um I, I was uh, honestly, uh, and I'm not being snarky. I was, I was very impressed with your play over the weekend. It was amazing. Cause sometimes it was like the third game I played this year, um, maybe fourth. Sure, please continue. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was the best part of the brawl for me? This is going to sound horrible, and I don't mean it to sound horrible. Yay! But you know, please continue. Yeah, I was like, I set the stage. Um, I was, I really enjoyed. The lack of some people not being there, which is what I mean when I said it sounds horrible, because every one of the people who weren't there, I liked, with exception of like one, it's a dick, um, in Canada. Um, but that's beside the point. Anyway, the reason why I say that is because, and we had talked about this a little bit before, but without having as many, I'll call them WTC type players in attendance, the level of chill, cool, relaxed atmosphere was the best it's ever been. And more importantly, the people who were there picked up on it and had a really awesome time. And it's not to detract from when the super competitive WTC people are there. We just didn't have as many uh, this year as we had, we'll say, in previous years because of reasons. Sure. Um, it's just that when you have, like in the past, we've had is 30 to 40 a fair number of WTC level players? Yes. That's fair. Okay, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not exaggerating. Good. What happens is there's like this almost divide in the room because they will commiserate with each other and not anybody else. And you almost see that there's like this line, like good players on this side, regular folk on this side. Well, and, can, 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 I, can I reframe a little bit of what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I don't want to speak, I don't want to say anything like that no, I don't no, mean, no. but. And I wanted it to be misinterpreted. No, no, I get what you're saying. Because we were talking about this, and actually I think um, uh, Tried and True mentioned it on, on their podcast as well, talking about the level of chill, right? And there's a thing amongst those highest level competitive players from Mark III, and this was actually something I wanted to touch on, and maybe this is just a natural way into it. Um, you know, uh, Becca Banky used to call it the 10-time rule, right? She would make a list, and she would say, I don't touch a thing on this list until I've played it at least 10 times. And then when I'm happy with the list, I think she said something like she expected to play it 100 times over several months to really become an expert with it. So you had these 30, 40 people who were playing 20 to 30 games a week. So their discussion about their games and the way they played the game didn't uh, didn't make for, like, I couldn't walk up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I hate when XYZ caster moves into this position. I wasn't playing 30 games a week, right? So if we, there weren't a core of people having those discussions, and they weren't intentionally locking people out, anyone could walk up and join them in conversation. They weren't saying, no, you can't talk to us, you're not a WTC no, player. No, no, no one approached it that but, way. But when you have 10, 15 people who are all talking to each other, joking around, whatever, they always tend to stay together. 
you know, it's it's understandable that someone might feel intimidated to try to crack that sure. that, that crack. Sure. Me, I will, you know, I will just bulldoze my way right in. But I, it, it's understandable that some people would be like, Oh, they're talking. But I, they don't I, want to yeah, they don't yeah. Want to but I would also argue that I think Mark Four, you and 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 I'd be very interested, Dave and Steve. I know you. I need to leave you guys out of this, but I'd be very interested to see um, Mark Four. I don't think that's necessary for top level competitive play anymore, right? I don't think you need to play twenty games a week. The field is simply smaller. Number one, number two, faction identity seems to be so much stronger right now, right? Like. I, I, and I would argue that I have seen teams at the WTC who have committed themselves to that level of play and lose round one or two, right? So, so is it really doing what everyone thinks it does? That's kind of where I was going. I think it's not good for the, the casual player, certainly, that they're trying to – they're aspiring to a, a level of, like, hey, I want to up my game, right? And they say, hey, I hear that I have to do this. And so they can't reach that level of games. I know I can't play that many games. No, I can't play that many games. Most people cannot play that many games. And what happens is basically it takes them months to run the same number of games. And by the end of it, they're miserable. Right. They don't enjoy the list anymore. They don't enjoy the game anymore. Right. And it it burns people out hard. And I I don't think you need that many games with it. As long as you're familiar with your faction. You can play one or two games with a list and go, hey, you know what I really would have liked here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a rough idea how it's going to play. I, I don't, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not winning, you know, I'm not on WTC winning team or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that most people can do fairly well with three or four practice games before the, the event, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, fairly well. Yeah, you just don't want to make you crazy mistakes. Well, but there's, sorry, go ahead. Arthur. No, there's like this like more of diminishing returns in a way. Like the first game you play, We'll say you know 50% of the rules, right? Yeah. The second game, maybe you get it up to 60. But, you know, once you hit the, like, 90th percentile, mm-hmm. you have to play probably three games to move it up one point because that's when you remember that this one random mechanic solo happens to have right. some really obscure rule or something like that that, you know, that would almost never come up one in a 100 games. Yeah, something like that, or or a weapon, or the weapon has an effect. Yeah. Like you, you know he has a wrench. Everybody knows it's a power eight wrench, but who knew that the thing also had stone? But it's not always, oh, a, it's not say, always right? a game knowledge thing, right? It, it, no, it's, it's a lot of positioning and this and that. One, but any any amount of reps will will help you with that. You don't necessarily have to be playing the same list. But I think what what, what Becca was originally talking about when when she made that statement of, of the number of games that she plays, I think it was also against everything. Yeah. So like, yeah, I know my list, but how does my list play against X list, and then Y, and then Z, and then, you know, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And so I think at that level of play, like, you know, everybody, WTC player wise, you know, everybody kind of gets an idea of what the meta is, or what list or what cast is in particular going to be played, and so they practice against those lists, right? Multiple, some or some meta lists, but some people practice against those lists all the time. And I think that's kind of what, where that statement really came from. Sure. If you're just playing casual on whatever day, it's you know, Sunday, arcades, and you know, you don't have to play a hundred times before you figure that, no, I really don't like this unit. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you should probably give it a couple games. At least. Oh, yeah. Easily a mistake I made early on. I would play a list into someone, and they would have tech for whatever I had, and then I'd lose, and I'd say, well, this list just stinks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and, and that's definitely in yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, now I need something else. No, no, I just need to play a few more games. Right. I think like in this in the era, like the Mark IV era, it's probably going to come down to like you know I have these four jacks, I don't have this loadout. I just change the one gun, you know, on this one jack for this one scenario or corner case, like. That's the type of fine tuning that I do expect to continue. Oh yeah, give yourself the tools, right? Because that—that's what the Mark IV does. It, it allows you to create more tools on the table with a fewer number of models. Yeah, if there were only just enough Mark IV models, but they're getting there. They're, let's try not to. So you can adjust to the meta easier with with a weapon swap out. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm going to buy this new unit well, that solves my problem. Yeah. That's admittedly the brilliance of the Mark yes. IV jack situation, right? Yeah. They don't have to make a new jack. Just gotta make them Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. It's a lot easier on the production line. Now it's funny if you go to the Boca Bra website, which nobody ever does, and you go to the uh, uh, no, no everyone's shaking there. No one's ever been there. Uh, and if you go to the tab for the Boca Broadcast, where I have a link to our SoundCloud with all of our episodes on it, I also put up there uh, four or five blog posts from way back when, like a, a while ago. Some of them went up onto uh, Chris Miller's site, Lost Hemisphere. Some of them I wrote for. I don't remember, but one of them on there is um, is about purposeful practice, right? And without without quoting the whole entire post all over again, uh, there's a story about a jazz musician and this 17 year old high school girl in Germany who booked this guy into a, a hall. And at 17 years old, she sells out the hall, wildly successful. And this guy shows up to play, and it's not the right size to piano. It's not big enough to fill the hall with music. Worse, it's in crappy condition, and the keys in the middle, like the keys at the top of the range and the bottom of the range, aren't working well enough. And I can't remember any of the names, and I apologize, because people who are into jazz, this is a big deal. And he was like, nope, I am not playing this concert. And it was raining, and he's sitting in the, uh, he's sitting in the car to take him back to the hotel, and the 17-year-old girl is, is crying and saying, please, please. And he says, only for you. And he gets out and he, and he goes to play the concert and he has to like jump up and down to get the key, to, to get the sound that he wants. And they recorded the concert and they put it out as a live album. And the people said who were there were like the juxtaposition between him pounding on the keys, right? But the, the dulcet jazz sounds coming out, like it was just this amazing experience. And it's still apparently one of these top, 10 ever selling jazz albums, right? I wish I remembered the guy's name. Yeah, I know. Um, I can't even go buy it. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 the concert at Koln, K-O-L-N. Um and um and the point and the point that the the, the the blog post was making was that you know he never prepared for that concert. He didn't say, Oh my gosh, I have to keep practicing and playing so I can pound on the keys, jumping up and down because I'm gonna be on a piano too small for a hall. It was purposeful practice. I'm practicing so that, given any situation, I can do the best I can do. Was it Keith Jarrett? Yes. Nice. Uh, nice. It, but, the, but the point being, right, that I can just do the best I can do in any given situation, and that's purposeful practice, right? And, and, and that's what I think – that's the middle ground, right? That's the middle ground because I think uh, – again, I'm not like the fifth time I'm mentioning tried and true, but they had um, – they had uh, uh, Travis on, and Travis was talking about how he would love it if the meta started to move away from this is what's required. Don't expect to win a game for two years, right, to something where, hey, 
purposefully practice and you know you will get better and you will work. have you thought about how they try to sponsor you <laughs> well you know what expect permission well yeah you know, for the amount of times that they help us out i kind of feel like we owe them uh dave did not mean to sorry i just gave eric a slice of pizza two minutes ago and by two i mean 20. and by pizza do you mean little pizza because yeah, i know that's pizza. Pizza. Legally pizza dish. Pizza shape. So we all agree you stuck it to her good. Nice job. <laughs> she also loves me. <laughs> I am the most delightful portion of this podcast. Turn out of her own mouth. Yeah, that's all people said to me all weekend long. Where's Arthur? Where's Arthur? I, I, I know. Yeah. David, I didn't mean to leave you out. Do you have anything from the brawl that you want to talk about? I would basically check out of the game. As Seth knows personally, I was checked out as soon as Mark Ward dropped. I was super negative on what was happening, but I was still running events at the shop, and uh, you know, it took me it took me a couple months to get back into the the, the grind. Um, went to a couple events, didn't play, just kind of hung out. And honestly, the best thing about the game was the people. So obviously, I'm going to go to Boca Bro because there's a bunch of people that want to be on teams. So the Filthy Casuals were there in force. We had two teams. Our team was a four-person team, but that's just the way it is. And I think my first game was against Travis Mark in a team tournament. I didn't know who this person was personally before I met him. He had some interactions with Privateer. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So we played. He was a Storm Division, DeBaro. Heavy battle group, four heavies, two lights with a bunch of AP guns. I was playing Fiona the Black and Italian Charter was basically just press ganger spam with uh, four up top, no, no knockdown with a pretty sizable battle group. And I kind of just, he rushed me turn one and I rushed him back and I feeded the bottom of one and he, uh, he went for the assassination on my feet and he didn't get it. And then we kind of ground it out and uh, real tight play, you know. And I ended up, I ended up beating them on uh, scenario by like one point. Or it was, it was, it was five, it was five, but it was so tight. That yeah, I just figured out why you're not an author of books. Well, okay. <laughs> Let him tell a story. So I am. So then, like, we talked about the game, and I talked to him about some stuff, and then just, you know, it kind of. Did its magic, got me back into the, got the gears turning, playing some lists. You know, I'm a, I'm a unabashed Butcher 3 player for several years. And, you know, being able to play a Spell Slinger and have to worry about your capture getting killed at all times is different for me. But I think after six, 16 years of playing this game, I have to, you know, branch out a little bit and, Play something other than Butcher. Play something else besides Butcher. But, you know, right, you got there. the biggest thing that Boca Brawl did was it, it got me back into the game probably about, you know, 6 out of 10 in the beginning and probably in the end, probably 8 out of 10. And now I just played in a tournament that we, we ran today. We got 10 people, and I, I went 2-0, and oh, and now I'm yeah. back in it. You know? Yeah, so, you're, you're totally underplaying the way you ran around the hall. That night, going, I'm back in, everybody, I'm back in. It was, uh, it was good. It yeah, was good. that was one of my favorite parts of the event. And the 
obviously the best thing is the people. I mean, the game is yeah. the game's fine. And who's your favorite? I mean, it's it's Artie. Artie's the best. Yeah, of course. He's yeah. such a such a Moby Dick. I'm a beacon of fucking brightness. You are. You're not, but you are just basically Mr. New York. So, um, Saturday and Sunday were very tough for me because, you know, we we were we had two teams that were at four people, and then the people that I had as Mercs both canceled out last second. We just didn't have any replacements, so I threw Rabideau onto uh, uh, Minority Reports team, right? That's totally what, uh, onto Minority Reports team. Like so I mean, um, they should. I mean, have yeah, that's an idea. We should sell that. <laughs> right. so is, as, I got, as a merc, but how many players you got? You got four? Fifty bucks gets you revenue for number five. I pay number five. See? Well, they, they came in third, didn't they? Good thing I'm here to help you make money. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so that means I had to judge the event myself, which isn't. What's that? No, no, I'm really actually liking this idea. This is like all feel. Like you tell someone, I have to be on their team unless they pay. And not have me on the team. <laughs> so people are like bidding to get rid of yeah. certain yeah. people, yeah. bidding to get some. And you assign them. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. So they can pay to get somebody off their team and pay to get somebody on. Okay. So where do we stop with that? Hey, I don't want to play this guy during the tournament. How much? Well, let me tell you this. I think I can get 2000 to get off someone's team. <laughs> <laughs> I want you on my team. So, uh, so you know, it was it, it's a lot of running around, especially when like I have to get lunch out for everybody and, and everything else. And we had war budgies there. Uh, John from War Budgies ran uh, a narrative event all weekend long, and he had the guys from Ice King there. And I don't want to name them because I, I don't think they want their names attached to uh, their, their real names, so I'm not going to mention them. But uh, So at one point, when no one was playing the narratives, and everyone loved a narrative event, by the way, I do think that a narrative should be a part of the problem moving forward. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's War Budgies doing it or we have to do it ourselves, I, I think there's something there. Um, but anyway, so when no one was playing, uh, the Ice King guys came were like, hey, how can we help? And, you know, I got a thing. Like, you, you, you paid for a ticket. I don't want you working. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just taking out trash. They said, oh, trash. And then they ran around and they did all the trash before I could tell them to stop doing the trash. And then, like, later they were like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to just refill in the, the water buckets. Water buckets. And then they were on water bucket duty all weekend long. I was so grateful for those guys. They had to uh, take off the... Uh, Saturday night, but that was just all. That was just all the help I needed to keep everything moving. I was really grateful for 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 those guys helping. That was pretty great. Uh, all right, so uh, we have the date for the brawl next year. It's April twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. It is unfortunately going to be in the middle of Passover, so I will not be enjoying any of the food that I'll be putting out. But uh, it's all right. Uh, had to happen that weekend. Thank you, thank you. Well, we we were determined that that lunch uh, Saturdays is chilly. Next year, yeah. Yeah. Well, so my secretary, who came to do the the food and the well, serving, well, 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 back up. what? Nowadays, that's exactly what. What my secretary? Yeah, you did it again. That there are young people on here who will like act like they're offended that you use the word secretary. But that's her position. It's it's it, written it, in. It's a title. It's, it's a title assistant? of her job. It's no, she's my secretary. Look, I'm old school. I my mother was a secretary. I like the word secretary. I think secretary actually has more value than assistant. But the younger kids, they're stupid, so they are going to get offended by secretary, and you have to use the word assistant. So I'm going to change that because the young kids. I'll go back and edit the word over. 
Perfect. Okay, so my secretary was there doing the, um, doing the food because before she became my secretary, she actually ran the kitchen in my school, and she was fantastic. But uh, so I was like, hey, we serve meatballs. And she was like, oh, well, and she was asking me, like, how we do it. She's, and then she didn't say anything. And then she goes, so can I make my own sauce? For, for this, I'm like yeah, you can do whatever sure. you want. You do whatever you, whatever you want, and then at the end of the end of the whole event, the guy the guys from the because of course she wouldn't just feed us; she had to feed everybody sitting at the bar at the VFW. And the VFW guys are like, "Can can she cook for us again? Like can she just <laughs> come back and cook? I'm like you can reach out and, and talk to her about it. I'll give you her contact information." So that was really great. So she so afterward, like on that Monday, she was like, uh, "She's like, so what do you want to make next year?" I'm like, "Oh, I have no idea. It's going to be past." She's like. I've got a great chili recipe and I can make a huge batch of vegetarian chili and a huge batch of regular chili. And then all we have to get are chips. And I'm like, done, done. So that's going to be our next, uh, next brawl meal. I thought we were going to bake mango cheese. Oh, there'll be cheese. Don't worry. Sour cream. Hot man. Cornbread. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, yeah, that's a good thing. I should make cornbread. You should. You keep telling me you make great cornbread. I've been making cornbread. You keep saying it. Yeah. Uh, but well, it, it has not been made. Yeah has not been made. All right, so what I would like to do now is the actual topic for discussion uh, today is list building. I want to ask you guys about what you think about when you build your list and how lists are different now than they were in Mark III. Who wants to start? I'll, I'll go because mine's going to be fast. Go. Since I only play legacy games, my list building is quite easy because I don't have to make arm choices or head choices or quick choices. I don't even have to make a spell rack choice. I just get stuck with the watered down crap of yesteryear, and I play that against. Usually, actually, more often than not, I play it against more watered down crap from yesteryear than I do, you know, freshly minted models of now. Well, thanks so, so much for that contribution. Yeah, but what I did get, so I'll one thing in, all right? One positive thing. Um, so, using the Ogren Assault Ball for the first time at the Boca Ball mm -hmm. in the 03 menu is terrifying. Even though I don't play. Um, I found myself CRAing a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course he does. I found myself CRAing a lot for like the single shot, alpha screen, whatever, the black damage, which is actually one of my lines for the sub. But because the CRA in general tended to be effective, I was like, huh. So maybe I should try eye shields because they'll also have the CRA that might also be effective. And they even get to shoot twice if I want. And the blast damage, honestly, maybe it's from the matchups I had, but the blast damage is rather ineffective from the Ogre Soul Call because you get people like blast resistance or divine power six base and those actually hard to hate. I think people are worried about like because a lot of blasts are still out of control powerful yeah. that it just removes infantry, so I think it, that does affect that little bit still. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so agree. that's what made me like throw the high shields up today. Alright. Mm -hmm. But don't want to I've owned them for how many years? Many. First time. <laughs> First time. First time. So and and actually the Boca Ball was the first time I ever put Gordon on the table. All right. Mm -hmm. The time I ever used the uh, the high shields was with Sorcerer Two, with Valachev. Oh yeah. So I could get yeah. two big CRAs on the yeah. turn. Oh I yeah. Forgot about it. Yeah. I used the high shields more all the time. Well, okay. When I risk one. I okay. Well, good, that, good thing that. You got that out there before the fact checking portion yeah. of the podcast. What did that game down from the archives? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll note that this game was played in like 2009. So, yeah. I, okay, there was a, a period of time, right? I guess it was Mark Three, but before they released the themes, 
and I played Sorsha too, oh, I and I had, um, and it was when you could mix. There were no themes, so you could mix yeah, all the Yeah, it was good then. And uh, yeah. oh, I had so much fun with her. It was a great. Remember time. when Mod Three was actually a good version of the game, right up until Mod Three ruined the version of the game. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty wonky when it first came no, out. No, no. What is that? Four theme forces? Yeah, I remember a car chip everywhere. That's all I remember. Car chip? Yeah. The mad dog. Car chip one? Yeah. And after they triple nerfed that. Yeah. That was, we were actually in a pretty good spot. Like, the game was pretty balanced overall. Crits was kind of in the shitter, right? Those was, was Ghostly Band. Caspi 3 was running a bunch of slayers. Ghostly started becoming like, yeah, the monster that were. No, before or after Carchev. Ghost was after Carchev. No, Ghost was after, but when when Caspi 3 was running all the freaking slayers. Oh, the nine slayers? Yeah. That's that before or after Carchev. Yeah. I believe that was actually, at, that was when Critz got the theme force for the carapace. Yeah, that's what happened. That was way after. Regardless. Uh, that was so, a good version of the game. There was, there was no Archons to ruin it. There's no riot oh, 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 oh. Alright, alright. So, so, you can actually so, take like a unit of pikemen who can fight alongside a, a rifleman. Oh wait, you can do that now. So now that you I, I'm talking to Dave right now. So Dave's, you know, he's he's got to move past Butcher and he's got to build for for the new Mark IV. What are you what what's what are you thinking about when you're building a list? He's waiting for the new theme for us to come out, which has Butcher one in it. It's been two years. So the new fifth division for Kador might. And I'm hoping has a has prime butcher in it, which I will immediately audible to for the rest of Mark Four. I thought you were looking but, for Butcher's uh like step nephew. Maybe his blue his blue armored step nephew. Maybe, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> if, if I'm producing a Mark Four army, it's gonna be uh Storm Division because Wolf is very butcher esque in his hitting power and his movement shenanigans. Because now that sidestep is fixed again. But uh List well now there's no free strike so, oh. but um, list building for me is basically uh, I saw Dave Blackholm play a Fiona list on my last steamroller mm -hmm. and I was like, that's really good. Ah, I have all those models. I'm building that. And then um, I wanted to put Bart at the table. I had four mariners, so here we are. All right. But then um, I played a couple. I mean, I played two games before Poker Brawl. I played six games of Poker Brawl. Two games today. I'm fully immersed in the list building. For me, it's kind of just like more. You got to give every model like a little once over because sure. little things change, yeah. even in Mark Four. So like, Dirty Meg from Mark One to Mark Three was like pretty much trash, and now she gives all privateer jacks plus one to hit. It's really, really, really good. And her she she has the best job. Yeah. In Mark Three. Yeah, sure. But so. And then, like, she had a random range 10 POW 12 gun that puts stationary on jacks. Right. On yeah. hit. Yeah. That's on hit. Yeah. Uh, she's two points. So it's, she's a lot better. And the move, uh, Hawk no longer has boosted attack rolls. She has additional damage, like plus two on damage. She used to make good work. For warrior models. No, the, the point is, that, from what I hear you saying, though, yeah. is, is that you're. You're looking back over models you haven't used yeah. in a while. Just yeah, you're trying them out and see how they yeah, work. See how it goes. Yeah. I am just dying for the new models that truly call to me. I know. I know. Yeah. I feel really bad for you. And it's funny you that you say that. <laughs> and I, I, I do. And I've said that before. You're so aggressive. So, um, um, but I'll tell you what I do find interesting. 
people who I know who haven't played the game in five, six, seven years, all of a sudden the new troll army, yeah. they're like, I'm in. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, that's what it took for them. Yeah, sure. And I'm all for it, right? And um, so I think that's pretty cool. Do you think that, imagine if all miniature games start going like that type of aesthetic? I don't even know what type it is. Is it very unique. Is it, it, it's it? very unique. Uh, it, it, it is very cartoony, but it's not overly so. I, I, uh, it's crossed the line a few times. So I, I really like most of the way their stuff looks. There's a few models that are just a little too hokey for me. Okay. Uh, specifically the shark. I can't get over that. You can't get over the shark? I'm just trying, watching this giant troll awesome. try and do damage to a robot by beating it with a shark. And, and like, when that shark disintegrates, does he pull another one? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, where's the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the bonus shark. No, no, no. Actually, the, the, who was I talking to about this? We were like making fun of the shark for like 20 minutes. Yeah. The shark somehow is still alive because yeah. it has quick consumes. <laughs> so that's why you're swinging the shark. I hadn't thought about the that. Person you're hitting. <laughs> and then the shark was like count 19 or yeah. something, or 18. But then they were like, like the greatest signal weapon of all time, like Quicksilver 4, which whatever's on the character track is not as strong as the shark. It's like, what, what happened here? But, but I think the, the you have all this technology, and a troll just grabs a fish out of the water, and it's just as powerful. I guess so. All right, so we're but we still don't, we don't want to get off the list building yet because I'm very curious to hear what Mr. King has to say about this. Probably has the most intellectually smart and sound thing to say. Probably. If he stopped talking, well, perhaps we'd find out. I, mean, I do message him nine times out of ten. Yeah, what, what do you like with this guy? And he, and he can't he gave gave to, times out of work. Send me messages. He goes, "Hey, if you were building a list with this caster, <laughs> yeah, what would you do?" Right? <laughs> 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 I don't. I, to your things, I love the thought exercise of list building. Yeah, you like, like that's. Uh, that's where I get a lot of enjoyment out of this game, to be honest. Like, uh, I have, I love the theory machine. That's yes. Uh, yeah, you always have. So the uh, when I when I look at Mark IV list building, yeah, I'm looking at um, how do I make up for what I see as potential fatal flaws of the army, right? Because the whole thing is the armies are now condensed. They have a a, a feel, a like a, a theme. I I like how they're very they're very thematic now. Yeah. So you're like, hey, these are the trenchers. They work. You know, I'm playing the trenchers. They work. You know, they do specific things. They all have these the digging options, the smoke cloud options, but their armor 13. Mm -hmm. And that's all she wrote. Yeah. So yeah. the way blast damage goes now, right. and they're, they're, the way that units have to be grouped together now, yeah. you're going to lose a lot of them, and they're very expensive. Oh. Yeah, like in terms of infantry, because you pay for all the rules they have. Right. Um, right. But you can't use them all every turn. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at some way to manage that. And it might be through the, the rules on the other models I've taken the list. But a big thing that I look at is the command cards now. Yes. Um, I'm you just took everything I was going to say. Yeah. Keep going. I spend a lot of time using the uh, trying to use all my command cards in a game. Right. Like I'm trying to look for command cards. Because I, when I started doing Mark IV list building, and I picked five command cards that I liked. I'm like, these are obviously my favorite five. These yeah. have a lot of situational uses that I don't want to be without. I really need. I who knows if I need this blessing. I might. I should take this blessing. Right. And I would come out of the game having used one command card, maybe two over the course of the entire game, and I wasn't getting the most out of it. Mm -hmm. So I try and take them now that I know it's, it's part of my plan. So like right. when I, in my prey list, for instance, I always take arcane forces because mm -hmm. I want him to come over and I want him to throw that tin cushion across the table yep. and start the the ranged attrition. Right. Um. And I you know, but I don't want him to die. <laughs> at the mm -hmm. same time. So 
you can't always rely on having a convenient forest to hide behind right. or a house. So right. you know, you just distance is your friend. Yeah. Um, in Siege List, I've been taking the cannon with Carly because it's hard to stop. So I took um, the Sentry Duty card. Yeah. I paid a point for that because yeah. that's the one thing you can stop the cannon with is having just having stealth. Yeah. And uh, I'm not happy now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure that I, I threaten you. I'm gonna keep your caster very honest until mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. we can close ranks. Yeah. Um, so I, I try and use those the cards to manage my list building. Um, the, yeah, I've been I, when I was thinking ranks. about this topic. That's what I was thinking about because right now I'm trying to one list because I don't get to play as often as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm trying to really master this one list. I'm like, well, how do I stretch? How do I stretch this list to do other things? And it's so like, oh well. You know, oh, I'm gonna, pl- I'm going to use this card that increases Horuskaha's range on a spell, like you know, once, and then I can use that knock, uh, that throw spell that he has. Or that thunderbolt or thunder, thunder, or thunder strike. Yeah, like, and it's the same kind of thing. Like, you know, wh- where's a weakness? You know, um, so it's that in the spell rack now that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about, um, right. because I think that really. Uh, I- again, it's it's one of the things uh, that I really am enjoying tremendously <laughs> about Mark Four. Is uh, you know, I don't need a whole new army to be able to do a whole new thing on the table, yeah. right? So I started using savagery today for the first time. Holy crow! Why have I not used that card before? Oh my gosh! Oh, and it was against your uh, your super tough pirates that are super tough all the time. I need this unit gone. Oh, here's savagery. Poke, 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 poke. Guy dead. The only downside of that card is you only have the one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so yeah, I think. Um, you know, for lack of a better word, if I were giving advice to people or, you know, saying, hey, if you're looking at your army saying, I wish it did more of X, look at the spells, the spell rack, and and, and, and know what your, how your spell rack changes your caster's approach, and look at the um, command cards. And let me give you an alternate example, actually. Please. Please. Um, for instance, I don't take the Savagery card mm-hmm. with uh, my Siege List mm-hmm. uh, because I have Mm-hmm. Those knights, but I also have Trencher Express teams, which can shoot multiple times with the Master Gunners, and they right. give out range, uh, grievous wounds on a gun. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I can do often is I can just tag something after I've damaged it with the grievous wounds gun, right. not worry about it. So that's kind of why I step away from that card because I have a good out for that war. Sure, right? sure. All right, cool. All right, well, I think we need to move on to a uh, a judge's corner, right? A, a very special judge's corner today on the Boker broadcast. Because um, there are a lot of calls made at the Boker Brawl that I want to talk about and a lot of ways we did things that I just want to kind of review with folks. Uh, the first one's the easiest. Apparently, four days before the brawl, a ruling had been made on the forums that I knew nothing about. And oddly, no one in the room knew anything about. No one corrected me. No one brought it up. I don't even know if it's really out there in the zeitgeist yet. But someone from Private Eric, Eric PPS, Privateer PPS, put on the rules forum that um, put on the rules form that now when a unit moves, it's simultaneous everything from the movement to the place. So it's no longer the moving model moves and then everybody teleports in. It's the moving model moves, everyone teleports in, but that's all considered simultaneous. And that's a pretty significant change to how we've been playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to read it out loud to the group just to make sure that you know I wasn't out of my mind. And I don't think I like this ruling, and I'm hoping that it kind of is as it gets a little more out there. People start saying, "Wait a second, this doesn't seem yeah, I think right." The thing uh, uh, Andy actually pointed out uh, is that admonition is a very difficult rule to use if you can move one model and then drop yeah. the other ones around the heavy and yeah. know where you're going. 
Now, this may be his design, right? And it, maybe they don't want ad, uh, uh, spells like admonition to yeah, be as powerful. Okay. okay. All right. You know, sure. Uh, but I, I don't like the way that one feels because there was a, the very situation that someone talked about on the um, uh, on the uh, uh, sorry the very situation that that was talked about in the forum happened at the tournament today. So what happened on the table was a unit was moving into Bart's feet, which is a knockdown feat, right? So the way it was working before was the first model that was moving finished moving and got knocked down. And the rest of the unit could place. And if they place base to base, they wouldn't be knocked down because they would be in shield wall. Well, now, since it is all entirely simultaneous, that clog of guys moves from shield wall to shield wall, and Bart's feet has no effect on them. Because it's similar to how you would do AoE simultaneously. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, yeah. I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it, but that's the way it's, it, it, it's going to be. I guess that's equivalent to the old shield wall with the, with the tactician where you'd like, Bunny hop guys to kind of yeah, move it yeah. up a little bit, which never was that big of a deal. But now you can run theoretically and yeah. be a bit to that. Uh, so I don't like it, but we'll see what they do with it. We'll obviously we'll, we'll deal with it. But that didn't come up all weekend because it, it flew so under the radar. And there it was in the forum, well, moved by a private guy. Like no, no. Uh, uh, I, I believe, doesn't one of the doesn't one of the so Venom casters one of the Gandis. one of the Barney won. Yeah, but he hasn't. Is he in the game? No, I don't think he, not in the game. he's not in the game anymore. But isn't one of the protectors Krios. casters? Krios won, right? No, he's no? Not. okay. Uh, All right, well, regardless, well, that used to just knock you down. So if you're in shield wall and you didn't move, that's who? That's Chris. Chris, right? But he's not in the game. Okay. All right. Regardless, so, so Bart's literally the only one that yeah. such a feat. Regardless, I don't like it. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, the other interesting rulings that came up uh, over the weekend. So on the top table of the team event, one of the pairs forgot to put a flag in the center zone for what's the name of that split decision? Split decision, right? It's really common. It happens more often than you think. But meanwhile, the game had gone on. I think they were in turn two, right? And the the casters were kind of facing off near the flag, uh, near the middle of the circle where there was a building, which is probably why they forgot to put the, the flag there. It doesn't matter. So I walked over. I saw that that's what had happened. And my decision at the time was to pause their game, place the flag, and move the building using rule of least disturbance. And I explained to the players why I was doing that. And my, my goal was this is a team event. You guys are top table. Everyone has to be playing the same game. You can't create your own scenario to, you know, which they weren't doing intentionally, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, Ryan Smith and uh, Chris, um, why, they're both super cool guys about it. They were really, really, really great. Yeah, they were um, jerks, we wouldn't say anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and they, they accepted the decision, but then, so later, though, I asked Steve about it. Steve was playing in the event, so I didn't want to ask him. And then Travis, I asked Travis, but we don't ask Travis till things are over as right. well because Travis is there to play. Uh, and they both said the same thing to me, which is very interesting. And they said, when the players create a game state that is not within the rules of the game, any solution where people don't feel screwed and the game keeps moving is a good solution, right? But they both said, we would have just let them play it out. And I thought about it. I said, well, why didn't I want them to do that? And I realized that two years previous, or maybe it's three, it was pre, you know, right before COVID, we had a Warfare Weekend qualifier top table where the players, again, everyone well-intentioned, right? 
but they essentially re they finished a game and then decided they didn't like the way they finished it and replayed it again and the outcome had changed. And I remember thinking at the time that Holy Crow, as the event organizer and as the judges, we should have just said, no, sorry, you don't get to replay something that you don't like. The game yeah. ended, you shook hands, you walked away. And I had this terrible feeling that this flag in the middle would be remembered on turn seven. Yeah, would be remembered on turn seven and I'd be in a similar situation. So that's why I rolled it the way I did. But either way, um, other than that, there were not a ton of rules issues, clarifications, like there always are. You know, some people playing for the first time in Mark IV, or like the second or third time in Mark IV, not understanding how uh, how a, a slam has changed or a throw has changed. Um, and then there was something having to do with a reposition and then difficult terrain, and uh, how you can't you know you can't reduce to zero, right? right. It's down to a, down to a minimum and of then, one. And whenever there's like a least disturbance called, judges always called over because yeah. there's just yeah. so many yeah. number parts. I, I never read all of it, but no I know I read some of it, uh -huh. and I know a lot of people have talked about it. Yeah, although for some reason there's been some negative connotation about it in more recent times, and that is page five. Yes, yes. And I thought the whole thing about page five was don't be a dick, right? Uh, it, it wasn't. It was don't be a dick. Well, at the same time, take big risks, get big rewards. Okay. Play, play, like, play big. Don't, don't play. Well, don't play small. I think one of the differences this year was we didn't have any tryhards. We had nobody who was desperate to try to win. Okay. Yeah. We, we had people who wanted to win. They came to people play. People want to win, but I'm talking about desperate. All right. People, I got you. Talking about we had all those players. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we had none of that, like none that yeah. I saw. And uh, that's probably why like people were just chill, like, oh, yeah, we screwed up this flag. All right, yeah, move the house. And like, you know, obviously, if you had remembered to put the flag, you may have moved your homeless slightly differently. But since they were in that situation, it's like, oh, we screwed up. All right, yeah, fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess that was, just, that was kind of like just the overall attitude. But that's what I was talking about before, too, about the whole. Yeah. And maybe it's because people thought like um, like they were genuinely there to have a good time. Have yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, well, there I, was no like yeah. There was nothing. Honestly, like, oh, we have only... to beat this team, or we have to do this, or there's none of that, which is great. Yeah, and and you know, honestly, there's a part of me that cringes every time everyone says this, only because geez, it's usually the foolish shit. No. But my point is, maybe in pre previous brawls where people not having fun, where people pushed away, where, and then you know it was, uh, and I'd said that to somebody else, I'm like, no, no, no. It's always fun. Obviously, people wouldn't be coming back, and place thing wouldn't grow if people yeah, weren't having fun. So, you know, I backed off that. But uh, it, it was my initial response. Well, I remember like, other events I've gone to where you yeah. run into those kinds of players, and you're yeah. like, you know what? Did I really need to try that time for this? Right. You know, right. I mean, maybe I don't need to come to the store anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hear you there. Uh, all right. So we have a brand new segment on the podcast that we are going to try out today, and I promised. This is the – I promised Arthur that I would not censor him at all. First off, this is not me. This is all by request. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, it's not? Am I making I'm that like, up? I love all three of your fans. You got three of them in the fucking room right now. Just kind of that night in the corner. So we're going to – yeah, so this is this is the Arthur Not Censored podcast, which actually makes my life easier, but at the same time more dangerous. <laughs> Arthur's Corner. Take it away, Arthur Continelli. Chris, I'm going to think. What, what? Stop. Stop knowing don't. Three words you hear often. That's funny for me because I have a mental picture. Anyway. No, this was requested, and you know by who, right? It, it's your time, sir, please. 
Terence was like, you know, you should really get your own segment. That's Terence from the uh, because he was up at the Boca Brawl, and then, of course, we went out to dinner, and I love Terence more than virtually 90% of all other humans. Um, I made it 90%, so you're in the 10% if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I've done here is, uh, and this, this happened the other day because I live in New York, and life is miserable, and so I put together the list of the five worst types of cars or drivers to be behind. Okay, I get behind it. Yeah, yeah, I knew you could. I knew you could definitely get behind it. So, uh, number five is any cab. They stop, they fucking pull over, they stop in the middle of the street to let the passenger out so that they don't have to try to get back into traffic at all. So, fuck them all, they're dicks. And that applies to all Uber drivers as well in Manhattan. What about Lyft? Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right. Number four, anybody with a Pennsylvania plate. Because there's only two people who drive Pennsylvania-plated cars. People from Pennsylvania who live in Pennsylvania who cannot drive because they just can't. They're so bad. And the other one is anybody who's a dick who's committing insurance fraud, which is plentiful in New York and New Jersey. You will always see Pennsylvania plates. The insurance is a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah they're either like an illegal alien or they're like, you know, Joey fucking Bay Ridge, which I'll get to him later. License plate. You know how you get license plates? You can get license plates. I have a driver's license. No, yeah, you get a driver's license. I, I, I know, I work with fun. Wait. You get, you get everything, because we live in a, uh, what do they call it? Sanctuaries of state. You didn't know that? Anyway, moving on. Number three. Pickup trucks. You only have two types of drivers for a pickup truck. The old fucking man who only does like 40, 45 miles an hour. Or... The dickhead who thinks he's driving a Ferrari, weaving in and out of traffic, going 85 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour but his truck is jacked up. You can't see fucking ahead of him. He, he, he's just a total asshole. Oh, I think I think there's two types of pickup trucks. I, I said, the other one's the old what man is, who does what is 45. people who use it for their job? And then and the, the other ones are dickheads. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, people use it for work and then the small penis crap. Right? Like, that's fair. Okay. Um, not you, listeners. Hmm. Um, Next, sprinter van. I don't know what the fuck it is about people who have a sprinter van. What's a sprinter van? A sprinter van. Is, 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 is that a makeup make car? An extra long van. It's usually used for Mercedes, work. Uh, Mercedes like Mercedes oh, okay. The, oh, the one like I drove. And they're tall. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. People cannot drive these cars. Well, because they don't drive them with their main car. Well, it's yeah. Part of the but if you're, yeah. if you're doing 65 miles an hour and you're in the left lane, go home and kill yourself. Because uh, I know I'm okay. wishing that, death that's on you. That's a much greater problem, which again ties into your PA. That's that's a PA plate problem. That's a pickup truck mm-hmm. problem. That's a cab problem. Because I couldn't, I couldn't drive the sprinter truck slow because I was following Arthur. He was like going 80, so I had to I had to floor that thing. Right, but you're also you know not going the speed limit or below in the left lane. Fair enough. And the biggest dick to be behind is Joey Bainbridge. AKA Joey Jerkoff. This is the wannabe tough guy who's usually driving like a Honda Accord, any BMW, virtually any Mercedes, or a, what, what's an oh, like a Nissan Maxima back in the day. So these are the guys who will just weave in and out of traffic. Yes, there's a lot of Joey Jerkoffs. These are the guys who will weave in and out of traffic. Like they're on the fucking belt parkway. The shit ain't moving at all. But they will cut in front of everybody, 
and try to like they're gonna make better fucking time by weaving the ground stop. greener in, the, in their lane, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they just weave non fucking stop. I don't know. They'll, they'll drive on the shoulder. They'll get off like they're trying to go to the gas station rest stop and do like ninety through that to try to like cut off a few cars. These are the people who. Well, it's all in the name. Joey Jerkoff. There's a reason why, you know, Joey Beverage is also known as Joey Jerkoff. All right. All from well, Brooklyn, of course. I, I didn't know Fuck that. Fuck you, Brooklyn. I didn't get that reference at first. Yeah. Joey uh, Beverage. Yeah. Beverage is a big town in Brooklyn. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't get that reference. So I was like, man, you must really hate this guy, you know? All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us for our first episode of Arthur's Corner. Well done, sir. I like the list format. Right? That was. That was good. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think my list is pretty accurate. And I'm pretty sure it's, it's fairly universal. I'm, I'm sure you won't be run over by anyone in the Burger Truck. That's all right. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, that is the time, all the time we have for today. You just had your closing thoughts. Mr. King, any closing thoughts to share? Close, 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 close. <laughs> no, I think I'm all good. All right. Will you have any clothing, closing thoughts, sir? Well, this is Seth Cohen saying, it may be a labor of love, but it's still a